What is up, everybody, and welcome to How to Struggle as an Entrepreneur Season 2, Episode 2, the podcast dedicated to allowing everyday people just like you and I to share their journey to success. I'm your host, Chauncey A. McQueen, and if you're a first-time listener, welcome. I promise this podcast is not what you think. It's called How to Struggle because... I want people to know that, you know, no matter what, there's a struggle in building, mainly for people like me. Of course, this podcast is for anybody on any entrepreneur level, but I really started it for people like me, people who, you know, we don't have an inheritance, we ain't got, you know, no mentor or anything like that. We're literally, you know, building something from nothing, literally from the ground up, from dirt. And I truly believe it's important for you know people just like that to hear other people's journeys who also go through the same things who have you know they made it they're on their way to making it or shit they just they're just starting out because at the end of the day when you don't have an inheritance when you don't have a mentor you're literally figuring it out as you go and I think it's important for people to realize that there are going to be obstacles there are going to be hurdles so you know I created a space where People can discuss their their shit, you know, their, their struggles and how they got through it, or if they're still going through it, how they plan to go through it, you know. I, I, I just feel like that's important. I know a lot of people, they, they, they see the title and they're like, how to struggle? What? But definitely not like that at all. But anyways, welcome. If you are a avid listener, welcome back. I appreciate the support. It's what keeps me going. But with that being said, welcome to this week's episode. I got to sit down with actor and new author Brandon Lee. And I know they said, you know, you're not the saying, how the saying go? You're not supposed to mix business and pleasure. But this episode we did, kind of, because Brandon this week is talking about his new book, Virgin Porn Star Volume 1. Trust me, this is an episode you guys do not want to miss. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Brandon Lee. Or what is up, Brandon? It's been a minute. How you been? Great, Chauncey. How about you? I've been pretty good. I've been like stressed out a little bit, but you know, I've been pretty good. But it's been like two years. I seen you like, well, no, no, no. You moved like. Bef- way before COVID, right? It was like right before COVID. It was like 2019. I saw you in Philadelphia, so it was 2019. Damn. So it was like right after I moved and right before COVID. <laughs> okay, so like right around Thanksgiving time, right? Yeah. Scorpio season. Scorpio season. season. Exactly. Like How do you like Philly? Is it cool? I do uh, not. <laughs> what? You don't? What? Why? I've just never been a Philadelphia person. I think it's a really cute city. I think it has, like, everything I like in a city. I just don't like the people there, so I just feel like it's not really a good fit for me, but I've been getting more acquainted with Philadelphia and discovering, like, more parts of it, so I guess Philly is kind of brand new for me because I feel like now I'm finally discovering, like, the black gay world of Philly because I never really was exposed to that before, so I am enjoying that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't see myself in Philadelphia, like, long term. <laughs> okay. Even though it is my home city, so I feel like it'll always be a <laughs> big part of my life. 
but uh, it's just not like my. So you prefer Atlanta? I definitely prefer Atlanta over Philadelphia. I main reason has, why. The main reason why is probably like the TV and film market. I don't really have those opportunities in Philadelphia, like I did in Atlanta, and I was able to really grow as an artist in Atlanta and find like-minded people. And honestly, Atlanta is the best place to be black and gay. Like nowhere else can compete with that. Right. Okay. So now that, you know, like COVID is kind of like, I mean, I don't want to say over because I feel like people will be like, "Ah, no, it's not. So I don't even want to say that. But, you know, it's slowed down a little bit. Things have gotten back to normal somewhat. How has life been for you since well, like now versus like when COVID and shit was going on. I'm definitely like still, I feel like rebuilding my life post COVID since it really did like upend all of my plans for myself and like mm-hmm. my future and just like completely changed how I feel like my life path was going at the time. So I had like this job I really liked mm-hmm. at a TV network and I was like, oh wow, I was like finally like. Oh, yeah, I don't even know how many years after graduating college, like five years after graduating college to like finally get like a job working at a TV station that I really enjoyed. And then like, boom, COVID happened and then it's like over. Mm. And then it's being like unemployed for like over a year. Like I just got back into working I feel like last fall. So it was a very long time to like finally start working consistently again mm. post COVID. And I just feel like now I'm like rebuilding my resume and rebuilding like network of jobs and networking with different companies and brands so it's just still in a rebuilding phase post covid but i have been enjoying it and luckily i have been working more than ever before okay dope dope so you are so you're originally from philly I'm from the suburbs. I'm from Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. It's a small town, but it's the mushroom capital of the world. Like half of the mushrooms in America come from Kennett Square. The white capital of the world? The mushroom Mushroom? capital? Really? Yeah. Did it have like a a, a signature mushroom? It's literally like all mushrooms. They have a mushroom festival every year because it's really the mushroom capital of the world. Do like, you know, so you know, like shrooms, right? Do like, do they grow there too? No. People always ask that. I have no idea about those type of mushrooms, but all of the types of edible mushrooms can be found in Kennet Square. I mean, shrooms are, they're edible. You can eat them. You can eat them. I do not know anything about that. (laughs) Okay, so. Okay, well, hold on. We just got in the whole tangent. Okay, so tell people who you are, the people that's listening to me, I know you, who you are and what you do currently. I am Brandon Lee. I am a writer that just published his first book, Virgin Pornstar Volume 1. I'm a blogger, and my blog is what started the book. It's called Virgin Pornstar. I've been doing that since 2010. I have a YouTube channel, Sexpertise, where I talk about dating, sex, and relationships and give advice on those subjects. I do TikTok, which is a lot of fun, making TikTok videos. I'm pretty much active on all social media platforms, and I'm a content creator, writer, actor, brand ambassador. Damn, astronaut? (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Okay, so what was was it like growing up, and what is this, what is it called? 
It's a place called Kennett Square. Kennett Square. What is it like? What was it like growing up in Kennett Square? Um, it's actually a really nice area. I mean, I'm from like the wealthiest county in Pennsylvania, oh, so I feel oh. like it's a very nice area. It wasn't. I mean, it's diverse, but it really isn't that diverse for, like, Black people because I never had a Black friend until college. But Mm -hmm. my best friends growing up were all different races, like Japanese, Filipino, Mexican, white. So I always had, like, a diverse diversity around me and diverse friend groups and lots of exposure to different cultures. And, like, a huge portion of our population in Kennedy Square is Latino, especially Mexican, because there's many migrant workers that come here because of mushroom farms. So it mm. is a very diverse and culturally rich area. But I mean, there aren't really many Black people. But besides that part, it's a great place to be. Like, I feel like I'm very fortunate to have grown up where I grew up and lived a very privileged upbringing. Even though, I mean, I wasn't wealthy, but I still feel like I wasn't poor. poor. Like, <laughs> You wasn't poor. Okay, cool. So when did you move out of Kennett Square? I escaped when I went to college. I'm dead. I just felt like I was not a small town person, even though I feel like I always end up back here. But (laughs) I'm a city boy. Like, I'm happiest when I live in a major city. And Mm. Boston was my very first city I ever lived in. I went to Northeastern University, got my BA in media communication. So I love that experience of just being... In a city, even though Boston is a really tiny city, but I feel like it's a great, like, starter city, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's relatively safe. There's colleges on literally every block, so there's so much diversity, so many different people, so many different students. So, mm-hmm. I loved it. Dope. And when did you, did you, is that when you started your blog? Like, did you start the blog in, in college? Yeah, I was a sophomore in college when I started my blog. What made you start it? <laughs> I always grew up like reading blogs that were about people's like dating and sex lives and I always thought those were like the most fascinating subjects to me and I always feel like no matter what your background is your age your race your gender blah 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 like we all can relate to other people because we all date we all have sex we all like look for love and even just dealing with like men in general I feel like that's such a universal thing that makes it so much easier to connect with other people so I just felt like that's the most fascinating subject to me, like dating and sex lives. And I wanted to share my own experiences, even though I was like a virgin when I started it. But I just wanted to be very open and honest about my life. And I feel like leaving a legacy behind is like, I wanted to tell my own life story. So I created my blog. Okay. Okay. Dope. So I did give a a, a warning in you know at, at the start of the show, but just in case anybody is like listening right now and if they're like, oh shit, we are going to be talking about sex. It's a little bit different. We're going to be mixing. I know you're not supposed to mix business and pleasure, but we're absolutely mixing that today. Like we're going to do something a little different for season two. So let's get into this book first. Yes. What is the name of the book? Virgin Porn Star, which is also the name of my blog. And the book title is Virgin Porn Star Volume 1 because this is just the first year of my blog post. So that's why I call it Volume 1. So I definitely plan to make more in the future. So before we get into the book, what like what was the process like? Like, because I've... I've always thought about, like, because I write all the time. Like, I write mainly, like, scripts and, like, poems and shit. But I've never sat down and, like, wrote a book. I've always wanted to write a book. But 
what was it like actually like sitting down and like getting through it from start to finish? Because it's one thing to have an idea. You know, you start it, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to map this out. I'm going to do this. But to actually see that it's like, it, like it's done, it's finished. Like people can go buy it and read it. Like what was that process like from start to finish? Well, I feel like for me, it was very easy because the book was already practically written since I did just mm-hmm. convert my blog to a book, but I had to go through and read each blog post, like edit it, relive those memories. And that probably was the hardest part of it, just having to go back to those highs and lows of like life during that time period and have to relive them. Mm-hmm. But it really is a cathartic process. Like it is scary writing a book, especially from scratch. But I mean, I didn't write it from scratch because it was written already. But I mean, I did sit down and write each blog post in the moment when it happened. So I did do the writing. Okay. Okay. So, and I see it's it's volume one. So there's going to be another one, another book. Yes, I plan to make many more. Okay. So, like, with the second book, is it still going to be blog posts? Or are you going to go a little bit more detail, like, as far as, like, currently? Because these are, like, past experiences, right? Yeah, it is my past experience. The book, Volume 1, starts when I'm 19, and then it ends, like, right after I turn 21. So... I am going to just redo like the past, but I do still tell my current events in my blog that I'm still writing in. So mm-hmm. I am mostly sharing my past life experiences, but I feel like I wanted to share my past because that did lead to who I am now. And I also just feel like it's nice, you know, I guess to like look back in time because it feels like crazy to even just say like, 2010 was like over a decade ago (laughs) like and it's just crazy to think that but there's still so much like rereading it and that is like relevant now so I was just surprised like back then I was still talking about like open relationships and polyamory because I feel like that has been so prevalent in like gay culture in the media like right now but even 10 years ago or 12 years ago we were still like talking about it so like nothing's really new but it's just amazing to like read my growth and how much I have evolved over the years okay so I know like with you being very open with or like about your sex life do you ever like get like do you get backlash like ever I've gotten a lot of backlash. I mean, there are lots of guys that aren't able to handle the blog or what I have to say about them. But And then my blog definitely has cost me, like, jobs, relationships, friendships. But Wait, wait, honestly, wait. Hold on, hold on. Pause right there. Hold on. Let's, let's unpack that first part. Jobs. It has, like, has that come up at a job interview? Or, like, after you already got hired and then, like, they looked it up? Like, has that ever happened? I got fired from a job before because of my blog. What? It was like working at like the Y when I was like right after I graduated college, just had like okay. a little job. But they like saw that I, my blog and it's like they are I guess a Christian organization, but they mm. saw a blog posts where I was talking about how I was like talking to a married member there and said some other things but honestly I was depressed and miserable during that job and I definitely blogged about that too so nothing that my blog has cost me was really anything that wasn't worth losing right (laughs) and everything happens for a reason so exactly most of the time people just can't handle what I have to say about them but I'm honestly just sharing my honest thoughts and opinions so 
you, I feel like, are benefiting from knowing the truth of how I really feel about you in the situation. So right. I would rather know the truth and know how to navigate things that way than keep things in like a weird, I don't really know how you feel type of level. Right. Absolutely. So with like i know that you know with the book obviously you know like you talk about you're very open about like your sex life do you think like the like the gay man's lifestyle is like over sexualized i'm a firm believer i hate when people say like there's more to being gay than sex because in reality there isn't like you don't think what you don't think there's you don't think there's more hear me out let's go okay i'm of all ears you can't separate being gay from gay sex since what makes you gay is who you have sex with the reason why people hate you discriminate against you or prejudice against you is because of who you have sex with so you can't just say being gay is more than sex because at the end of the day what makes you gay is who you have sex with so i hate when people are like gay culture shouldn't be all about sex but in reality that is why we have we are gay is because we have sex with. This is why we have gay pride because people hate us for who we have sex with. So it's just like, of course, you're more than just who you have sex with as a person, but with your queer identity as a homosexual person, what has made you different and discriminated against and prejudiced facing or having to deal with all the backlash is because of sex. And at the end of the day, like, if you don't have sex, are you gay? <laughs> if somebody listening right now likes like yelling at their phone or like their car, wherever they're listening to, they're probably yelling right now. I think all the gays in denial. <laughs> I do think to play devil's advocate, I do think when people say that, I think it's more like kind of like it's you know, like for me being gay, it's more to like being gay than just sex. Like I I I think not like just like sex in general, you know what I mean? Kind of like how yeah, like, know, like a cute girl might say, you know, I'm more than just cute. You know what I mean? Like I'm smart too, I think. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good analogy because <laughs> what makes her a girl has nothing to do with her intelligence or what makes her cute has nothing to do with intelligence. So but I think they think that, but you know, some people, some people, they they think like, they're like, oh, like if you're, you know, oh, she's just cute. She's a little ditzy. Girl. And they're like, no, I'm more than just, you know, I'm more than just cute. I'm smart as hell. You, you can agree. Some people do think that. They think if you're, you know, you're cute, then you're not at, you're not so smart. It's a thing. You don't think so? <laughs> I just feel like you like confused me with whatever you were trying to say, and I'm just like I don't know what the point. <laughs> I got lost in translation somewhere, but I just feel like if someone were to ask you, like, what makes you gay, <laughs> what would you say? Um, because I like guys. <laughs> I guess. So, like you, okay, you've never, you've never heard that. Like you've never heard that before. No, I've heard people say it all the time. They were just like debating this in like one of the like gay Facebook groups I'm in, where people were upset that people use MLK Day as like a whore weekend in Atlanta to have orgies and sex parties, and they're like, "Why do they have to do that?" And I'm just like, I don't think that. MLK's legacy is being destroyed because gay men want to use a three-day weekend to go 
have fun in Atlanta or have orgies and sex parties. And I also feel like there's nothing wrong with gay men using pride or whatever. Because I was just in DC Pride. I went to a sex party. Like, I use pride for, like, the fun, sexual, explorative times. But I also feel like there's nothing wrong with that. And I also just feel like gay what being gay is is who we have sex with so i don't see anything wrong with celebrating pride by having sex when that is the reason why we've been discriminated against or even have pride is because we have been shamed bullied and chastised for our sexuality and who we have sex with and i feel like people that want to be conservative are very like we shouldn't be out out there like gay shirtless or naked in the streets and when it's like we already been repressed enough for like decades. So it's just like, why can't we have the freedom to do what we want, especially with our sexuality, which is exactly what we have been punished for. This topic is very interesting. I want to hear other people's opinion. Honestly, I didn't think it would be that interesting. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> it's pride season. <laughs> Happy pride. Pride month is here. So do you think like, uh, as, so, like, thinking about, like, our, in the, in the gay community, our generation now, and then learning about, you know, like, the generation and the community before us, do you think that our generation has made more strides forward than before? Mm, I feel like our generation is benefiting from the strides that previous generations made because, like, mm. we didn't fight for gay marriage but i mean we we did but it's like i was 24 25 i think it was 24 when the gay marriage passed with the supreme court so it's like i didn't have anything to do with that but it's like all the people that were fighting before me that were old enough to actually want to get married and be married did fight for that right so i feel like we are benefiting from their hard work and fighting for decades for like fighting against employment discrimination housing discrimination all types of discrimination, be able to get married. Mm -hmm. I feel like we are benefiting from gay rights the most out of any other previous generation, but I'm not quite sure if we actually fought for the changes to make these rights possible. That's hard. Okay. Okay. So now transitioning out of that, being an entrepreneur, actor, you know, you model, now you're an author with your book. I know it's a lot, just for one, just in like life period, because life is just like crazy as fuck right now. Gas is fucking $100 a fucking gallon. Uh, housing is like, you know, for one bedroom, it's like $3,000. It's, it's insane. I'm over-exaggerating, but it, it's insane. So with all of that, and you You're still not trying to... Huh? <laughs> You're not over-exaggerating with certain cities. I feel like in New York, one better Ooh. is like, what, $4,000? Won't even step back, but in there. Um, so with all of that, do you... I'm, I, well, no, I'm sure you get stressed the fuck out. How do you handle, like, all, like, continuing to, like, keep going and still trying to, like work at your dreams and your accomplishments and hit your goals and stuff like that while dealing with that stress? Like, how do you like, how do you deal with that? Well, what got me into writing was honestly helping dealing with stress. And I feel like the very first thing that got me into writing was 
one time in like elementary school, I think I ripped like one of my books. And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I ripped it. I'm going to have to pay for it. Cause like, it was like a brand new book. And I was like, I don't want to pay for this. I want to tell my parents. And I was so stressed out about it. And I was like, I need a diary <laughs> to like help release my negative emotions. And I made my mom go get me a diary. And then I wrote out how I was feeling. And I honestly instantly felt so much better. And I feel like I started off just doing like writing when I had like intense emotions. And then I just started doing it like daily, like journaling. And eventually like having a journal, even though I do still keep a journal, it turned into like the blog. And I always felt like writing is the biggest thing that's always helped me release negativity, release negative emotions, release negative feelings. And that is honestly how the blog came about. And that's how the book came about. It just started with like all those overwhelming feelings and needed to get them outside of my brain and release them somewhere else. And then it just turned into releasing them to the page. Okay. And what like, and what and exactly? working out and music help too. <laughs> okay. And what like, in what is something that like, just like it keeps you, going because you know like sometimes you know especially like when you are a creative and you're an artist entrepreneur whatever sometimes in the beginning you have to have uh either a nine-to-five or a psychic or something like that that you may not necessarily want to do but you have to do it because at the end of the day you still have to pay bills we don't you know it costs money to follow your dreams period um so what is it that keeps you going because i see so many people that they they start working towards their dreams, and I don't really think people understand exactly how hard it is. <laughs> and they just like they, they 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 they're scared of the gamble, and they just like give up. And they're like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna give up. I'm gonna work this dead end job that I don't really like because I'm able it's it's able to pay my bills. But you have certain creatives like us that will you know we will struggle. I don't know about you, but I will struggle before I just decide to settle in a dead end job and just be like, okay, I'm giving up on, you know, I'm giving up on my shit. I'm just going to do this. I, cause I, for one, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I'd be happy at all. I think I would be very depressed. So what keeps you like, just like pushing? I think my biggest motivation is really just the passion behind it. I do things because I enjoy it. I want to do it. I think I've seen lots of people try to even, I guess, do what I do. And even just like with a YouTube channel or like, yeah, like I've seen people be like, Ooh, I want to start a YouTube channel. And then they like, don't stick with it. And then I have to try to give them advice. Like even like I've had exes and friends, like try to say they're going to start a YouTube channel. They even like, invest in all this equipment or like backdrops and stuff and then it's like they just give up and I'm just like I don't know like I started my channel with like nothing like I didn't need any fancy props or like anything I literally started with like a webcam and mm-hmm. it's just like you just have to be motivated to do it and you can't do it for like likes and views you have to do it because this is actually your passion like there's nothing else you would rather be doing than creating art or creating content like you actually have to be passionate about it that's always been I feel like what's kept me doing everything for so long is because I don't care about like the reaction to it. Like once I push like publish, then it's done. Like I'll promote it, but it's like, I don't have any control over what happens to it. Then I'm on to like the next thing I'm creating. So it's just like, we don't know how the reception is going to be for each thing, but 
I do it because I love it. I'm passionate about it. And honestly, working a nine-to-five is just not an option for me. I've just never... I'm honestly... I'm 31. I've never had a full-time job, honestly. Mm. Yeah, it's just I, not I, something I can do. Yeah, I had to tell myself, I was like, yeah, no, I tried. For the very last time, probably, I want to say, like, last year, I was like, you know what? I'll probably, let me go back to the 95 and I'll try to do both. Uh, yeah, no, no, I can't do it. Um... It, I don't like being told what to do, so I don't do well with working with And, and I, I don't like me- I don't like meaningless work. I don't same. like you know what I mean? Like I just I don't want to come in clock like it's the same thing. And then it's just like you wanna like drain every bit of fucking work you can out of me. Yeah, we're not we're not doing that. Um but no, I, I am glad that you said that. Um say what? I hate dealing with the same people every day. I don't do well with coworkers that I have to see all the time. Like I prefer like freelance work. I choose different people every day, something new, something different. I just can't do the whole thing monotony. That's not for me. Yeah, no, not me neither. Um, especially to me, uh, me being introverted. Yeah, no. Um, but I'm glad that what you said about like the part, especially like, you know, people wanting to like create like YouTube channels and, and and stuff like that, because I don't think I think I feel like we live in and I realized this when I went out of the country. But I realized that here in America, we have like this like popcorn society, thanks to social media, where we think like everything is just going to like pop like that. So you have people and I'm, you know, I'm a. I'm the main culprit of it. I'm just now starting to get better, but um, starting something and then, you know, it's like when you don't get the reaction that you think you're going to get, it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. Or you kind of feel like, okay, why am I going to do, why am I going to work so hard to, you know, do this and, you know, nobody's going to notice. And it's just like, at the end of the day, you, you just never know. It can happen overnight can happen in five years you just don't know but you have to do it like you said because you act like you want to do it like if you could do it for free would you do it so i don't really think that people should a lot of people think about like the like the after effects or they think like down the road of things because i sometimes i catch myself doing that i'll be like okay i want to do this for my scribes i want to do this for the podcast and then like immediately like five minutes later i'm thinking two years ahead oh my god what if this is like that and i gotta stop doing that because i feel like i'll be blocking myself so yeah i just seen some people fail and give up but i also just feel like that's what weeds out the people that it's not meant for them like it's what the whole kim kardashian saying people don't want to work hard and at first i thought it was like i was one of those people just like what does she know about hard work but it's really true like even just being like an influencer or just using social media it's really an all day every day job like you really have to post everywhere you have multiple posts Mm -hmm. a day and not all posts are going to get the same reaction or like do like go viral but every post i feel like helps get new followers and honestly that is the point to build your following because when it is time to launch your bigger business, you are going to need your fans. And the reality is you don't know who is going to be the person that's actually going to spend money to invest in what you're pushing or selling. And that's why I've always been passionate about just being like nice to everyone. Like I definitely used to always be, I would respond to literally a hundred percent of people in my DMS. It's not even just like, I feel like it's, just about being kind like I like every comment I like every compliment 
I respond to every person. I feel like I don't want to be a rude person and I never mm -hmm. have ever had that mentality. Well, I mean, I definitely am a bitch and I definitely do think I'm better than people, but I also feel like <laughs> I don't treat people like I'm better than you, at least not like strangers. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like I like to treat every human being with like kindness. Like this person's taking time with their day to like give me a compliment. Like, why can't I say thank you? Like, I'm always going to say thank you to every single person that's being kind to me, there's no reason that I'm too good to say thank you. Like, and I never want to be that type of person where it's like, I can't even say thank you. And then it's like, when you are launching a business, like, you don't know who's actually going to spend the money. So you have to be nice to every person until you don't have to be, I guess. But if you, you are an entrepreneur, yeah, exactly. Like, you're an entrepreneur. Every dollar matters. So you need to make sure that you aren't giving people a reason to be like, ew, I would never give money to you. And the reality is like, <laughs> the people you least expect it are the, probably going to be your biggest supporters and people that you would expect to support you don't. <laughs> I, absolutely. I had a, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say a friend of me to hang out like that. I would say more of an, an acquaintance and stuff like that who was, uh, he was where I want to be. You know, he had his business and things like that. And he was actually the first person to give me kind of like give my first uh or give my first investment for like musk labs and shit like that when i was trying to go into the store and trying to grow i need more investments because shit is just going crazy but um he was like the first person to like give me my first investment and i was like holy shit i would have never expected to like come from him even though he has the money i just you know he doesn't really know me like that once again we're an acquaintance but he was like the first person to just be like, okay, you know, like he was like, okay, well, you know, show me, you know, what your plan is, create a PowerPoint, like 24 hours, got it to him. And he was like, okay, boom, signed away. So you like, you, you never know. So I try to be kind to people who are kind to me because I can be, you know, I can be a little rough. So do you believe in faking it till you make it? How do you mean? Like... I, I feel like I see, like, a lot of times I'll see people and they'll be like, oh, does, who does this person think they are? Like, oh, like, you trying to present yourself like you're this and you're, you know, you're not really that. And it's just like, but I feel like you kind of should. People do it all the time. I think celebrities do it all the time. Atlanta of you. <laughs> no, I, no I, I really think because it's just like. Even like you give off that kind of like that per, per you know that perception. So you walk in. To me, I see it more as like confidence. So you walk in there like like you're the shit, even if you're not. Even if you're not, just walk because you never know what that con what opportunity that confidence can bring to you. I wish they could see your face right now because you look like shut the fuck up. <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you what did you what do you think? You don't think so? I guess I never really liked that saying, like, fake it till you make it, but I also feel like I don't need to fake, like, I'm something that I'm not, and I just feel like... What about something that you I don't... want to be? So, like, okay, okay, I... let, me put it, let me put it in your shoes like this, right? Let's say you had an opportunity to talk to a, uh, a bigger publishing company. You know, would you go in the room 
And, well, no, that's not a good example. Well, I feel like you should be confident in everything you do, but I feel like you shouldn't be arrogant or like act like I'm a big superstar well, when you're not. not that. That'll probably get you kicked out of the room. Because <laughs> that's what came across my mind when you first said like fake it till you make it or like walk in the room like you're the shit. It really seems like arrogant, but I also feel like so many people are faking like they're something that they're not and you see it all the time on social media or even just we've both lived in atlanta we know how people are i feel like it's mm. definitely like it was a culture shock especially coming from the northeast where i feel like i just felt like in atlanta people are so fake and people fake like they're successful or fake like they have money and i feel like in the north they definitely do. They definitely like do. i feel like in the north people don't respond to that well i just feel like at least i do because i feel like once you know somebody's like fake it's like i don't fuck with you like i don't like fake people i don't like scammers and like frauds i feel like in atlanta like nobody cares if you're a scammer or you're a fraud because it's like as long as you look like you have this or you do have this but then it's like i've gone out with guys i had like a mercedes repossessed outside my apartment (laughs) like (laughs) i don't care about like material things honestly i care more like can you actually afford this it's like i don't care if you own like a $3,000 $3,000 shoes, but then it's like nothing else you have is of value. It's just kind of like what are you prioritizing? So th- that's, so that right there, that is true. So I guess like that that part of like faking it, yeah, no, 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 no. I guess with me, where I come from, or how I like take it, is more of and I wish I knew a better way, a better word, or I guess just like be confident until you make it. I guess we could just take out the fake. Cause don't don't try to act like you know you got to me. There's no need to act like that. But definitely like walk in with the confidence, even if you don't feel confident. You know, be able to walk into a room, a meeting, an audition, or whatever, and just like exude confidence, even if you are not confident. Be the actor. Like become in that moment. Become the actor that you see yourself in the future. You have a business meeting. You're about to do a, a deal or something like that. Go in with the confidence of the business person that you see in the future. Don't go in there like you're Jeff Bezos, please. Um, yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. I agree with that. I feel like you do need to be confident with everything you do. Like people aren't going to respond to like the shy, meek person. I mean, I might, but I feel like you're either the predator or the prey. And I feel like I've always liked to be the predator to go after what I want. I don't like wait for things to come to me. So I prefer to go after what I want. So you have to be confident and assertive and not let people walk all over you. Gotta be a shark. So do you feel, uh, do you ever feel like obligated to work hard and become successful to inspire like the younger uh, uh, generation of the LGBTQIA plus, it's a lot. I don't remember all of them. Uh, coming behind us, LGBTQQIA. What's QQ? Questioning. What? What is questioning? You're questioning your sexuality. <laughs> I thought I was bi. Bye, as you know, you're like both. Question is, you're not sure yet. Oh my God. That is okay. I mean, I don't think we need to claim everyone, but apparently we do claim everyone. (laughs) I'm a Q. What is that? I'm questioning right now. You're queer. That's how I'm identifying myself right now. I'm questioning. 
Um, so do you feel uh, obligated to work hard and like become successful to like inspire that generation coming behind us? Well, my biggest motivation to work hard is to do what I want to do and be successful <laughs> myself. But I do think it's important to lift up the next generation and even just our fellow queer people. And I feel like that's always been my biggest goal is even like a writer, producer, actor is like, I want to create more opportunities for queer people, especially queer people of color, because honestly, there still aren't many or any opportunities for us like out there. Like... There's still, like, no all, like, gay TV show. I mean, there's a new queer book coming out soon, but it's, like, there's still not that much for Black gay men, especially in mainstream mm-hmm. success. Like, we are seeing it more in, like, music with, like, a couple artists, but in TV with actors, there's only, like, a handful. So there's not, like, any Black gay household names besides Billy Porter and his show's over. So we don't even know what's going to happen with his career. So right. it is just hard to... I don't know. I do believe in inspiring and uplifting the future generation, even just our current generation. Like, we still need opportunities ourselves. So I care more, I guess, about lifting us up before I worry about the next generation. But I feel like it's always Mm -hmm. important to inspire and uplift everyone. And we definitely need more unity and camaraderie in the community. Okay, love it. So in true how to struggle fashion or tradition i like to ask like all guests that like come on like what is something that you are struggling with or have struggled with that you overcome and if you haven't overcame if you're still dealing with it how do you plan to overcome it because uh plenty of people always ask like all the time like why is it called how to struggle as an entrepreneur like literally when i had the uh the event the launch for like season two when I did the like the live recording. The um owner of like the venue, when he was talking, he was asking about like the podcast, and you know, I told him the name. He's like, Oh, I don't think I want to listen to that. I get that all the time. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not telling people how to fail. The reason why it's called that is because at the end of the day, there is a struggle in becoming an entrepreneur, especially like this podcast is mainly designed, it's for everybody of all levels, but it's mainly designed for the people that come from nothing that is literally like building something out of nothing. Like they don't have no trust fund. They don't have no million dollar loan or anything. So they're like, they're literally just like building from scratch, creating the blueprint as they go. And at the end of the day, there is a struggle. And I feel like when we listen to, or I know me personally, when I listen to like TED Talks or like other uh, people who are making, you know, millions of dollars, billion dollar companies and stuff like that, I feel like it's always like, oh yeah, I used to live in a car and now I own a million dollar business. Like, whoa, (laughs) what happened in the beginning? So uh, not to go off the deep end, but so what is something right now that you struggle with or currently struggling with that you overcame or how do you plan to overcome it? I want to focus, I guess, I was like, I was like, do I want to go with like body image? Or do you want to go with like, I mean, love? whatever, like whatever, like whatever, because those are things that people don't realize. I mean, it, can sometimes it can affect you as a you know an entrepreneur as you know when it comes to like your business or anything like that so yeah any any of that it can be any kind of 
struggle. I'm going to go with the whole, like, love direction because I was a late bloomer for, like, dating and even sex. Like, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20. I didn't ever have a boyfriend until I was almost 27. So I feel like I was definitely a late bloomer for that. And I feel like that was one of my biggest insecurities. And I feel like even now, I guess it's comforting to meet gay men that are even older than me that I still have never experienced a relationship because it's very common, especially in our community, that people struggle with finding love or feeling like they are worthy of being loved or feeling like love is going to ever happen to them or come into their lives. And I feel mm -hmm. like you can't be discouraged about it because you just have to we all are on our own different timetables, our different paths in the gay community. We all come out at different times. We all have different upbringings. We all have different times where we get comfortable with ourselves. We have different phases and times where we get comfortable with our sexuality and are ready to like go through our slut phase and then go through our relationship phase. So I feel like you just can't ever give up with looking for love or feeling like you are worthy of being loved. It may not have happened for you yet, but you can still put in the effort to put yourself out there, look your best, feel your best, present yourself as your best and work on yourself to be your best, to let love into your life. And it's something you can't really fully control, but you have control over how much you put yourself out there and how much you are actually trying to find it. And I just feel like it's a big thing in the gay community since I do feel like many people do spiral or have like negative phases in their life because they want to feel love and connection and they get in these desperate situations where they put themselves in permanent consequences because they were looking for love in the wrong places and it kind of just feel like you have to still maintain your sense of self-worth and self-love while looking for outside love but mm -hmm. don't lose yourself looking for it because it will happen to you one day I always like to believe like no matter what you look like whether you're the most beautiful person or the ugliest person there's someone out there for you mm -hmm. you just gotta keep on trying and never give up okay I like it that's the first time that I got an answer like that that's dope so what is next for Brandon, or any upcoming projects, new book, what, what's, what is next for you? I am still doing writing. I definitely plan to write book two starting in the next couple months. I do need to get back into screenwriting because I've definitely been neglecting that. And I do want to write my first feature film. I've always been more of a TV person and write episodic mm -hmm. television, but... I definitely have a movie idea that I want to pursue and I just need to sit down and start writing it along with still promoting my book and constantly doing all my other social media platforms to build my following. Okay. And any advice you want to leave for like any of our hardworking listeners? Any advice? I will say do what you want to do, what you're passionate about what is going to make you happy don't worry about the likes don't worry about the views they will come eventually and even then it's not about huge numbers it's about having a loyal following that will support you no matter what i always love this joan rivers quote saying that you only need one percent of the population to love you and you will work forever oh i like that i'm gonna take that let me write that down <laughs> okay so tell people where they can find you where they can find you where they can buy your book all of that 
My book, Version Porn Star Volume 1, is available on Amazon. You can purchase it in paperback or on Kindle. You can find me on Instagram at Brandoness, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-E-S-S-S. I'm also on TikTok and Twitter at Brandoness, but those only have two S's. And YouTube channel is Sexpertise, S-E-X-P-E-R-T-E-A-S-E. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I know we've been trying to do this for a while because I know we talked about it for season one, but we finally got you on for season two. But thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you on for season three for volume two of that book. Yes. Thank you for having me. There it is. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. It was definitely an interesting one. Remember to head over to howtostrugglepod.com to listen to previous episodes, leave reviews, and more bonus content. And of course, don't forget to follow the show at StrugglePod and your boy, Chauncey and McQueen. Until next week, peace.